0: Good morning, my amazing listeners. It is 5 a.m. in Jamaica right now, and I must apologize for the long wait. I also apologize for not introducing myself earlier, especially because not everyone here is familiar with Dean on Demand. So my name is Fadeen, and today I feel inspired to talk about how God recommends us for temptation. Temptation is the enemy's attempt to pull us away from God or further away from God because he does not want God to get the glory he deserves. So to clear up some misunderstanding, God does not tempt us. No, today we will learn that he simply gives permission for us to be tempted. And no matter how big or small the temptation is, they all lead to one conclusion, which is to determine how much faith we have in God. To show you that we were handpicked by God to be tempted, in Job 1 verse 8, God recommended Job for testing. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and eschewed evil? Verse 9, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God or not? When we understand the temptation, then will we be able to understand the reason God chose us. Not everyone will be tempted to fornicate, just as not everyone will be tempted to steal or to kill. The enemy knows what we want, and he also knows what we don't want. See, people often ask, why do we ask God for something, then complain when he gives us just that? But what we need to understand is that there is a difference between something sent from God versus it being allowed by god god is the only one with the ability to read minds so the enemy only knows what he sees and what we tell him which oftentimes is a lot don't take for granted the saying move in silence silence being literal i think a quiet place is a good example of this someone once said to me that there is a spiritual aspect behind everything in life and that is completely true Whenever goals, positivity, or anything good comes from our mouths, it alerts the enemy because he wants to make it stop. When it is that he cannot shift or focus from the things of God, he tries to make us want what God wants for us before God says it's time for us to have it. I mean, it's it's funny how the enemy pays more attention to our lives than we actually do. He studies us simply because he wants to destroy us. In Job 1 verse 12, The Lord gave Satan permission to test Job. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. We also see that the Lord gave him permission again in chapter 2 verse 6. And twice the Lord gave Satan instructions not to kill Job. That's the thing. A temptation cannot kill you. But the consequence of yielding to the temptation is as a result of your own doing, is as a result of my own doing. The Lord knew Job's capabilities. He he knew Job's potential. How do you think he would have felt if Job had yielded, I mean, after, after God had so much confidence in him? God is already boasting about us in heaven. Look at how he willingly offers Job up for temptation. I've said this before and I'll say it again. A temptation cannot kill you. The enemy does not have permission to kill a servant of God. Aren't you curious how we get tested whether or not we are children of God? But, I mean, for sinners, they're probably thinking or seeing it as a coincidence because God cannot recommend somebody he doesn't know. Therefore, he can't recommend a sinner. See, God created every human being on this earth by first creating two people and giving these people the opportunity to reproduce he says go forth and multiply you know so think of the process like creating a new beverage or simply just a new product the manufacturer of the product must first create a sample from which you know they make adjustments before they engage in mass production but because god is great at what he does he got creation the way he wanted it in the first try So he made Adam, and from Adam, he made Eve. And you know, he knew them personally because their spirits were made to be one with him. When God created the earth, there were just two people, Adam and Eve. Then Adam and Eve sinned. And then there were four people and then they kept multiplying into billions of people born into sin so yes god created those of us alive today but by creating two people and allowing those two people to reproduce and allowing generation after generation to repeat the process but because we were born in sin god does not know us in sin as sad as it sounds we are the enemy's problem and through observation, God understands our character, but it is fair to say that He does not know who we are. Through observation, someone can say that I am quiet, I have manners, or that I am kind, but only someone who knows me can tell you that I do not like when people forget things, that I dislike small talk, but I tolerate it on occasion, or that you can never go wrong with a journal. And all that takes time, it requires experience. There are billions of people on this earth and God's time is not to be wasted, so he will forever choose those who choose him. Growing up, we've always quoted the scripture, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God knows when you're using him for a one night stand. He also knows what it means to be one with him. We were made in God's image. Hence, we are spirit too, hidden beneath flesh and pulled together by soul. Therefore, in order for God to know us or even recommend us for something, our spirits need to be one with Him. When we become born again, we are no longer considered the enemy's problem. We become God's property. So when we understand the temptation, we will begin to understand why God chose us. God is everything good. He is all positivity. Oftentimes we quote the scripture that says all things work together for good, but sometimes we forget that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. God will never recommend you for a job and expect you to fail, so why why do you think so poorly of yourself? Heaven rejoices before we even accomplish a thing, and that should teach us the kind of mindset that we should have to always hope for the best. I mean, there are angels in heaven cheering you on right now, even though you feel like you are last in the race. But you need to remember that this race is not about who's faster, but about who's stronger. So the next time you are tempted to do something, ask yourself, why you? Let's say you're tempted to steal. Is it because you're in debt and the enemy wants you to feel like God won't provide? You're tempted to fornicate. Maybe because the enemy sees your need for a companion, so he wants to make you feel like you've been waiting too long. When God has your partner already waiting for you, just around the corner. All you have to do, you know, is wait a little longer. Or maybe like Absalom, you are tempted to kill because you feel as though justice was not served. And the enemy wants to make you feel like God won't punish the wicked, so he willingly hands you a weapon. Are you tempted to commit suicide? Because the enemy sees how depressed you are, so his plan is to make you feel worse by letting you feel like no one cares when that's not true. Maybe you've never been introduced to God, so his plan is to make sure you never will. We all have something, a flaw, a failure, even a goal, and the enemy wants to use that against us because our temptation is dependent on our situation. In sin, the enemy misuses us because he has no access to our potential. Only the Creator knows what we are capable of, and when we turn to God, the enemy's plan is to make us fail. He is openly saying to us, if I can't have you, no one will. And some of you are turned on by that toxic, that type of toxic relationship. In case you do not know, it is not a form of protection, it is a form of abuse. God says, come to me and I'll give you rest after I use you to save people from the destruction that is set to come upon the earth. But the enemy says, I don't care who you are, go to God and I will make your life miserable or stay with me and we get to spend forever together after I use you to do some bad things. See, God gives you a choice because he made the earth and everything in it and can destroy it whenever he pleases. If everyone would just Think, you know, to themselves that, you know, I am the reason that God hasn't destroyed this earth as yet. The crowd outside the hospitals would be elsewhere. If we could just have that kind of mindset, everyone is trying to escape a physical death. But I mean, come on, we can't. We all die in the end. So why aren't we more worried about our souls? They are the ones that live forever. Where they go is dependent on us. A lot of times parents say to their kids, you know, I want you to get what I didn't, right? So I didn't, I didn't get to go to college or I didn't finish high school. But as much as education is important, and it is, how much X do you think we can find in heaven? No offense. I mean, we need education to survive on earth. But if everyone is living in the now, who lives for the future? Do you think Adam and Eve said to, you know, something similar to Cain and Abel, like, I never got to experience the full extent of God's love, but I want you both to. I mean, why are we so desperate for what looks like freedom? I mean, I see the world as freedom of the mind and a cage to the spirit. We all have our individual goals. But for some, eternal rest isn't one of them. I aim to get eternal rest and you should too. And that is it for today. But before I go, I just feel led to pray. And I'm going to just do that right now. If you kindly bow your heads with me. Most righteous and everlasting Father the creator and manufacturer of our lives. our present help in times of trouble, or Alpha and Omega, or light in times of darkness or refuge and or strength. Lord, we come before your presence not because we are worthy of your undying love, but because we have proven that you are the one true vine. Thank you for choosing us and allowing us the opportunity to maximize our potential. Thank you for recommending us. Thank you for your recommendation because you have shown us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Lord, thank you for everyone listening, whoever they are and wherever they are in this world. Grant them peace and prosperity and most of all, grant them love. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy towards us. You are an amazing God. We give you glory. We give you praise and honor because you deserve it all. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for listening. And I trust you all have a great day.